0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: It's fine. I It
0: happens to everybody. Um, it, it's not a big deal, and I, I'm just happy that I got through. Honestly, I'm happy I went complete game. I, I was stuck in the seventh inning. That's the farthest I've gone
1: so far. So to be able to go eighth and ninth was. I was happy with that, but you know, to get a good no-hitter, I mean, I could care less that it wasn't a perfect game.
2: That's interesting, right? Uh, John Means there from the Baltimore Orioles. Are you mad that you don't get the perfect game, or are you just ecstatic to get the no-hitter? And he's of the mindset, ecstatic to get the no-hitter. Uh, who's the guy who just did it for the White Sox? He was the same way. He lost the perfect game in like the, with two outs in the ninth inning. So, uh, I listen, no-hitter's a no-hitter. Yeah. Perfect game would be absolutely great, but... A no-hitter in the big leagues, it's pretty wild and good stuff, and kind of out of nowhere. Even He just said it. He was just trying to get through the seventh inning. I saw some sound with him. He said he didn't really have his changeup until later in the game. Yeah. And uh, you see, you find that a lot. I wonder how many, if you went back to look at the no-hitters, which I'll also throw another stat at you I saw. Okay. Thank goodness for the ESPN bottom line. Yeah. And so maybe you guys saw it too, everybody out there. It's the 55th time in the history of the big leagues there have been at least three no-hitters in a season. That was amazing to me. It's yeah. happened fifty five times. They've been playing baseball for a long time. Yeah. But that seems like a lot. Yeah. You know, if, no hitters, not an easy thing to do. There are a lot of games being played. So I get it. 162 games times all the teams. But yeah. uh, that surprised me a little bit. And but if you go back in the annals and you take all the, the no hitters, I wonder how many guys would say, Yeah, man, I thought I had great stuff in the pen. Because mm-hmm. I feel like every guy is like, yeah, I didn't even have that great stuff early on, or in the pen I didn't feel that great, or whatever, and then boom, yeah. uh, no hitter or a perfect game. I, I bet more people would say that. The percentage would play out that the guy says, I didn't even have my best stuff, or I didn't feel that great, and then all of a sudden it all clicked and it worked out.
1: Well, and, and it kind of echoes the question, and the topic that I brought up today. What is going on in Major League Baseball right now in terms of batting averages and in terms of you know the pitchers having the one up? Because um, I was reading some statistics, so... Through Wednesday night's action, uh, we're officially, or this is according to Sports Illustrated, they're officially 18.6% of the of the way through of the season based on total games played. Um, right now, if they're going to acknowledge no hitters um, and then occur in the regular intervals, right now the MLB is on pace for 16 no hitters this season. Hmm. The record is eight. Really? Yes. Oh, so that shows so you that. Doubling the record. Okay. Um, in terms of batting average right now... Uh, The league's batting average is on pace to be the lowest that it's ever been since, like, 1908. Wow. So, what's going on? (laughs) I guess is the big question.
2: I said this in relationship to, uh, I think, quarterbacks Mm -hmm. recently. Major League Baseball went through a time in the... I want to say, let's just say it's around 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, so I think we're still in the steroid era at that time. Mm-hmm. I believe so. And if you had like a four and a half ERA, you were getting paid 12 million a year. Sure. Like in the off season, if you, if you had like a four, four or five ERA, yeah, yeah, you were getting paid 12 million a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Four, four or five ERA now doesn't even get you in the starting rotation, it doesn't feel like. No. And so, obviously, the game corrected itself. They got off the roids, or at least policed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also found something in the, the spin rate and the analytics of it all, and it's helped the pitcher. And also, the medicine of sports, meaning Tommy John, is not a detra- detractor anymore. It's not a career ender. In fact, sometimes a lot of guys come back even better mm-hmm. because of the science behind it and how they can treat it. So, and and I've told the story before, but if you talk to major league people, they'll say they plan for a pitcher to have Tommy John in their projections, mm-hmm. and it doesn't scare them off. Now, there are some injuries I think that will scare them off, but that one doesn't necessarily anymore. So, I think, much like I said about the quarterback position, there are more good quarterbacks playing in that spot than ever before, the masses, not just at the NFL level, but every level. So, there's more to pick from, which automatically makes the play at the position better. Okay. I think there are more good pitchers across the planet than they've ever been there before at the same time. Now, that doesn't mean it's the most dominant pitching era. It doesn't mean the greatest pitchers of all time are playing right now. I just think now the depth of pitching is ridiculously good, and it's also combining with an era of we don't care if we swing and miss because we're swinging for the downs.
1: So you're saying we're – you know, before, if you had, like, your third or fourth pitcher going, you weren't that confident as, obviously, the game day starter. But now it's the point where the depth is so great, even the third, fourth, fifth pitchers are putting up some pretty decent numbers.
2: I think they're putting up – now, Like I'm kind of saying that off yeah. – I just think that's the way it is. Well, and also – allude
1: to that, obviously. With, yeah.
2: Well, and, and I would say this as well. You're not out there long, as long. See, the analytics mm. – there's a better chance your ERA is lower because you're only going – you're only being asked to go through the lineup, like, twice, and then they're going to the bullpen. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's more emphasis on the bullpens. And I would add, uh, you know, one more element. Now, a lot of teams don't even use a fifth starter. They use a bullpen day. True. Right. Milwaukee does it. Tampa does it. More people are doing it. Uh, So I think that saves on the quality of pitchers now that you have. But I believe there are more quality pitchers out there than than. from a depth standpoint than ever before. And I think a lot of that has to do with the analytics, the science. Listen, the bottom line is, I mean, you go, I think I read somewhere the average fastball in like 1988 was like eighty nine miles an hour in the big leagues mm-hmm. that's like the average fastball in high school around here <laughs> I mean, True. the average fastball in the big leagues has crept up so much we have more guys throwing a hundred so that what does that say that says science that says the body is better than it's ever been. the athlete is better than it's ever been, but the science of pitching is better than it's ever been mm-hmm. to increase that. Uh, the spin rate and also the the mph. There's a lot that goes into it, but I do believe we're living in a time where it's better than ever before. So those numbers on the no hitters don't surprise me. Especially, you do have to marry it to the fact that hitters don't care if they strike out anymore. Like it's a, it's widely accepted for a hitter to strike out. Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn. They would go a whole freaking season striking out seven times. Like, you don't know even watch that anymore.
1: But I'm also surprised, though, when we talk about last year where you were setting records in terms of offense and home runs and all this stuff because the ball was juiced. And then all of a sudden, one year later after the fact, now we're talking about having the lowest batting average total, maybe the most, you know, uh, no hitters of all time. Like, how does that happen just in one year? It's not just that the ball's not being juiced anymore because guys aren't hitting the ball. The guys aren't even touching the ball. So like, what are we talking about here?
2: Yeah, I, just, I think it's nasty. You know, uh, David Murphy said something to us a couple of years ago. We were talking to him, and he said like the nastiest pitch now is like the um, anything with sync to it. You know, like that has that's the hardest pitch for a big league hitter to hit at this level and uh, you know kind of equated to and it's basically geometry right you got to swing up at that ball that's coming down and you have to time it perfectly going 90 something yeah, miles yeah, an hour, yeah. all this stuff yeah. but he said that at least this was a handful of years ago that was the pitch that people were having trouble with okay. now if you look at the last couple of years and, and that might still be the case look at even chapman i think has developed a splitter as well mm-hmm. uh but i think it's Now, like people used to be afraid to throw up because the ball would leave the park. Now they're okay with throwing up over these last few years because, again, the the spin rate can just get above the hands and above the barrel, and and it's good enough. So, again, the evolution and the science of this plays a big role, and and I think the hitters sometimes are playing. It's already a hard thing to do, Mm -hmm. and the hitters are playing catch-up, and they're doing it against guys like, who the heck is John Means? Yeah, never even heard of the guy don't like know. the White Sox are rolling out guys that people haven't even heard of, about and they're throwing no hitters. And you know, that's just the way the game is right now. It's got a lot of good players hitting wise, position wise, but also pitching wise. And I don't even know if we've heard about some of these pitchers. Then you do get a guy like the Grom who's making it look like Pedro Martinez and Bob Gibson <laughs>
1: right now. For sure, for right. Sure. Yep. I mean,
2: that that guy in this era is is just absolutely dominant mm-hmm. and untouchable. So. Uh, baseball is in a fascinating place right now. I don't love all the just the strikeouts or home runs. Um, I, I think there needs to be a little bit more activity in the game. I think that makes the game sleepy mm-hmm. at times. But it, it just shows the dominant nature of today's player, both on the mound and and at the plate. And speaking of Albert Pujols, uh, you know, release designated for assignment, whatever it is uh, for the Angels. I mean, what a career this guy had. Uh, this guy. You know, I, you get a little bit afraid. It's 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 ironic because today I think it's Willie Mays' 90th birthday. And this is a conversation that sometimes goes with Willie Mays. It's like he maybe played too long, didn't hang it up. You know, you could tell it was going. It wasn't this – Unbelievable player at the end, like he was, and it was so noticeable. And Pauls has a little bit of that feel to me, like he looks so old. Yeah, you know, you almost always thought he was like forty-five years old the last five years of his career. Although the numbers weren't that disappointing. Numbers right now are not good. He's a lifetime two ninety-eight hitter for a guy who's hit six hundred and sixty-seven home runs. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, two ninety-eight hitter for a guy who hit six hundred and sixty-seven home runs. If this is it. I mean, it's remarkable. He's one of the greats of all time, and I kind of say that quietly. He's one of the greats of all time. I don't think he's going to be a top of mind. Like when we do home run lists, when we do RBI lists, when we do great power hitter lists or great hitter lists, Like I'm not telling you people will absolutely forget about him, but when you're doing that trivia question and you throw Ted Williams out there and you throw Mickey Mantle out there and you throw all these names out there – when you get down that list, I think you are going to leave out Albert Pools. People are like, "Oh shoot, I forgot about Albert Pools." it was going to be him. that guy because I think he kind of did it quietly on the West Coast as of late. Uh, obviously, for the Cardinals for so long. Yeah, you know, I mean,
1: obviously, a guy that I grew up uh, absolutely despising and yes. hating because he would, <laughs> you know, take it to the Brewers every single game. It seemed like, um, and I had to hear about how good Albert Pools was. You know, it's interesting because this guy won the MVP award three times, and you know, I feel like. I don't know. I, I don't know the guy personally. Obviously, I never really saw a lot of interviews with Albert Pujols. He seemed to be more of just like a laid back, casual yeah. baseball player. Like I remember when, you know, ESPN had the "This is Sports Center" commercial, and like they made him like as the, the Terminator. He's like the machine, um, where it's almost like robotic of what he does. And I kind of always got that vibe from Albert Pujols. And it's interesting because take a guy like Big Poppy, right, Ortiz. Seems like a larger-than-life guy, right? He's got the nickname, he's got the the, the fun-loving smile, like he's got this whole demeanor. Well, Albert Pujols, if you look at his numbers, dude, like pretty impressive. But like, I don't think he really had the personality. What 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 is his nickname? Do we does he have a nickname? Honestly, it's a good call. Like, what is his nickname? Like, just call him Albert Pujols. So like. It was just, you know, he was to me, he's a straight shooter, um, just a businessman, took care of his craft, and obviously lasted a long time um, in baseball. It's just funny where I feel like he doesn't get his just due because of the personality, almost the Mike
2: Trout effect, if you will. Well, I do think there's there's a it's an interesting thing with Pujols, especially early on, because he was on like the edge of the steroid era. Yeah. Is when he first started. Yeah. And he's this massive human being. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? And he's hitting home runs from about 530 feet. Sure. Now, he's never been linked to steroids, as far as I can tell and find. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there have been people that have suggested it, which is probably more slander than anything else. Mm -hmm. But I think our instinct coming out of that time frame in baseball to see a guy uh, with this much power say, so, well, he must have been or did or does or whatever. Right. Sure. And so but I actually think that's kind of the cool part. Like he feels more griffy to me mm-hmm. in the sense that he you don't really link him to the steroid era. You know, Griffey in the in the middle of that era and before that was kind of the guy that you knew didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. On the outside of it, on the back end of it. To me, it feels like Pools is the guy that, even though he was great and even though he hit these bombs, that I think we all believe, and I don't, I believe that I don't think he did it. Like, I don't, I think he's just a big man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, he's a, and now, as we've given way to the judges and Stantons of the world, you, we now say, hey, you can be a big man without having to. Use steroids, yeah. you know. But it took us a little bit from a mentality standpoint watching a game of baseball because of that era that was so dominated by steroids and users, mm-hmm. um, and and you didn't have to look big either way to use it. But, and also I'll say this about pools: the stories I've seen on pools before, at least the things that come to mind, is is like a gentle giant kind of guy, like all world kind of yeah. guy, and, and and maybe that's the only stories I've seen that have been portrayed that way. I didn't follow his career closely. I want not reading stuff on him every day, mm-hmm. but those are the stories that I've seen. So I think he's kind of a cool yes. figure, but it, like you said, lack of nickname or personality also equates to kind of this subtle star rather than this unbelievable star. As we compare a Fernando Tatis Jr. right now yeah. versus a Mike Trout. And Mike Trout probably at this stage is still five times the player Tatis Jr. is. But we feel like Tatis Jr. is five times the player of anybody else because of the stardom. No, for sure. And it's just, I don't know, it's weird because I remember like when you, you know, back in,
1: it would have been like 2009, 2010, when he had a lot of success. I think he won that one of the MVP awards one of those years. Like, even then, like, maybe his detriment was the fact that he was so good and so consistent every single year. Because, like, I remember that time, and, like, Prince Fielder was all the rage. And, like, Josh Hamilton uh, of the Rangers was all the rage for a while during that time. Um, Because the story and all of that, and, like, Joe Maurer was a big-time deal. But, like, Pujols was always there. But I just, I don't know. I, maybe I, I just, you know, I had the Brewers blinders on, so I wasn't paying attention to the Cardinals at all. But it's just a guy that I feel like, you know, played at such a high level for so long – but didn't really get his just due probably because of the personality.
2: Yeah, a little bit of that. And, again, I do think there was this carryover from the steroid era that yeah. it, whether you, you didn't – like Jack Clark is a guy that's that's uh, made accusations against pool holes that he used. Yeah. But I think he's like the only one, and nobody believes it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm re- I looked up an article real quick, and it says, when pool holes hit number 600, there will be a small celebration. Not much more. That's a shame, really. And Sosha was the manager of the Angels at the time. He says it's incredible. I think just to put it in the context, the guy that hit 300 home runs, that's like 10 years of hitting 30 home runs. And he doubled that. <laughs> I mean, Unreal. it is. I end up with 667. Yeah. Uh, but he will be a first ballot uh, Hall of Famer in Cooperstown and not link, like there will unless there's some kind of evidence that will come out at some point mm-hmm. that. I mean, he's he's gone as far as to threaten legal action against people that have accused him of it yeah. uh, because he's says he's clean and most people believe he's clean. So um, I do think there's a stigma of Pujols, though, that if I asked 10 people on the street, they'd be like, oh, yeah, but early on he used, right? I mean, he was mm-hmm. a steroid. dude. I think just because he was right on the cusp of that, the back end of that. And then I think the other part of it is what you just said. I think he's there's this. To, it's hard to be a star in today's world if you're quiet and subtle and and yes. not seeking to be a star. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with seeking to be a star, build a brand, all those things. But you better go get it done and and seek it mm-hmm. to a degree, um, or just be in a big market and that unbelievable. Uh, and I, he did play in St. Louis and now on the West Coast, so that's not New York. That's not Chicago. True. And heck, that's not really even LA these but days because yeah. the Angels get But he also won some world out series there, though, out there because
1: of him as well. I mean, the, the guy's got some championships to show for it.
2: He is in the conversation as one of the greatest hitters of all time. Yeah. When you hit 298 and 667 home runs, <laughs> that is conversation for like great hitters of all time. Mm-hmm. Because guys don't do that. If you hit 660 something home runs, you're usually hitting like 265 for your career. <laughs> he hit 298. In his career, he was like a three forty hitter many a times, mm-hmm. raking out doubles and home runs. And the other part, okay, the last part about on pools probably gone a lot longer than I thought I would on here. But I mean, he looked like he needed a wheelchair half the time to get around the the bases. Well, it's, for, it's that stance he's <laughs> in, man. That bag stance. <laughs> I mean, just, just gonna not blow your hamstrings. Close to, like he looked like he was playing in a slow pitch softball game. Yeah. Half the time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was not gonna. He's man not gonna not gonna go stretch into a double or a triple or or beat a throw somewhere no, he for just sure. couldn't move like that I mean you just it's not like he was this freaky athlete like today's athlete Stanton the judge like they can get around the bases too I mean, yeah. I mean they're not gonna go steal forty bases, but they can get around the bases even at their size. That was not him, yeah. Pujols holes was kind of he was closer to Prince fielder <laughs> than he was to any of like today's modern athletes sure, you know sure. He was sure. Like this, and I think that's maybe why people appreciate him. He kind of did look like the guy that you could also see just hitting bombs at the slow pitch softball league on a Thursday. That's night, true. You know? That's true. Yeah. Like I said,
1: I didn't like him growing up. Wow, well, yeah, for gonna, good reason. We're gonna leave it. No, I mean I respect him now, right?
2: But as a time being, a Brewers fan was not a fan of Albert Pujols. All right, uh, hey, let's take a break. We'll get it back to uh, football and what else is going on in the world of uh, the NFL and here at home. Jags uh, do have a schedule now for their off season condition. This thing took forever to come out. Mm-hmm. But that shows you the jockeying back and forth, what it means, what it does, uh, how it will all play out for the Jags this offseason and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be an, off- an interesting offseason guy to watch because of the offseason shoulder mm-hmm. and the surgery. How much will he do? How much growth can he make in these next couple of months, really six weeks or so? Uh, we'll uh, talk about it when we come back. Action Sports acts on ESPN night. Yeah.
1: Austin Lane. And I'm going to regurgitate it to you. I'm like a mother bird right now, and I'm spewing it in your mouth. Brent Martineau. you got doves flying and
2: mother <laughs> birds all week. I'm, I mean.
1: t- I'm trying to baby bird you right
2: now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is why I tease stuff and don't get to it. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690.
0: And the thing that we found that's real interesting is that other than Tom Brady, there really has not been a lot of quarterbacks that have, you know, done some things multiple times. You know what I'm saying? And that's going back to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl continuously. You know, the next closest guy, obviously, is Peyton Manning. So... You look at those other guys that have won Super Bowls in the last 20 years and you sit there and say, wow, you know, it's really about getting a guy that can manage a game that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And when he has to can make a play, you know, other than Tom Brady, for the most part, you really sit there and take a step back and go, that's probably what you're really looking for. Because, again, if the rest of your pieces are in in place, if the guys that give you an opportunity to win are where you need them, why not take the shot that we have?
2: I don't know who that is. I feel like it's a former player. It's a head coach right now. Right now? Yeah. It would be a team that didn't take a quarterback that, that might have surprised
1: people. No. That's Vic Fangio. <laughs> no. Wow, man.
2: It might have surprised people it didn't take a quarterback. Uh, It wasn't Sean Payton. I know his voice. Um, Are you going Philly on us again?
1: (laughs) No, but actually, same uh, same
2: division. Giants.
1: Ron Ron Rivera. Oh Rivera! That was Rivera. Yeah, well, at least according to ESPN, unless they're lying to me.
2: That was bad guessing by us. Can you play that again, please? Just a little.
1: That was Ron Rivera.
0: And the thing that we've found that's real interesting is that other than Tom Brady, there really has not been a lot of quarterbacks that have, you know, done some things multiple times. You know what I'm saying? that's going back to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl continuously.
2: I thought Ron Rivera had some more gravel in his voice. By the way, is that a good outlook? Like, are they basically saying we need a game manager not to make mistakes to win the Super Bowl? (laughs) I mean, is that what Ron Rivera just said? Like, if you're Washington, are you cool with that?
1: I mean, the defense did deliver last year.
2: Brent, if I'm watching
1: right now, i trust Ron Rivera. You wouldn't? I'd what, trust what, them i trust him more if I had a quarterback no, I like. I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I believe understand. they've done a very good job. Yes. Yeah. I believe they also got very yeah. lucky last year. Oh, they were here we go. Well, oh, they did. We they didn't even
2: have to go 500, oh, man. Oh, here we
1: go. Yep. They had yeah, this yes. great
2: defense. And we talk about their defense like it was the Chicago Bears of 85. What? And they, they didn't even win. They didn't go. go 500. What are here the chances they
1: go back to the playoffs this year? Like, do you, not good? Yeah, no, I mean, because the Cowboys, right? Yeah, And maybe the Giants. N- oh, you know, Brent's on the <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, Brent's on the I mean, Brent, they had the, the second best team defense in the NFL last year. Pretty good. Pretty good, though. It's
2: good defense.
1: Okay. Well, it's pretty good.
2: If, if if you're number two in the NFL. Pretty good. How many um, points a game do they give up? Uh, 20.6, 20. 20.6. 20. That gets you second best in the league now.
1: Well, no, I mean, you know, team defense is more than just the points total per yard. yard. Yeah, yeah. They go off. Yeah. I don't got to tell you, man. You know this stuff. Come on, but but my point is. Ron Rivera, pretty good coach.
2: I think Ron Rivera's remember, doing
1: a good job. Remember when I um, you wanted Ron remember, Rivera. Yes. Remember when I campaigned for him? You did. Remember when I had my T-shirts and my buttons saying Ron Rivera for? Jay I'd rather Rush. have Urban D-
2: Meyer now and Trevor Lawrence than I would Ron Rivera. Let's just say that. Okay, we'll see. I mean, Ron Rivera basically just said, "Hey, if I had a chance to take Trevor Lawrence, I probably wouldn't have." Friend, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're you're gonna misconstrue that guy's words,
1: and it's okay. He's not an offensive-minded guy, all right. He's he's talking like a defensive-minded guy, and that's okay. That's okay. Pretty good defense, though. Pretty good coach. Actually, you know, great coach.
2: Who do they great have on coach. their quarterbacks again?
1: Doesn't matter because they have a great defense. Heineke, doesn't matter. They get, they gotta, need, gotta, who needs they a muffler a <laughs> endorsement? <laughs> Is mighty be still a thing? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah I, to, I don't
2: know. Maybe COVID hit him hard. I don't know. <laughs> I hope they're still in business. Um, Cut the check. Uh, Heineke and Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Not confident.
1: No. No. Brent, you got
2: a defense. No. Kyle defense Allen's long. there, too, I think. Oh, Kyle Allen. Yeah, great. You, you going to sleep on Kyle? Yeah. All right. I mean, Brent, they he, were picking 19. They didn't think they needed to move up to Brent. go get a next quarterback. I mean, and, and that's okay?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. Like, in you, that's okay in this no, okay. quarterback cycle? First of all, it's not okay. All right, so we're on the same page there. Okay, I agree with you there. But I'm very disappointed you, Brent. I'm very disappointed, man. How long we hung out now? You, you, should, you should know this by now. Go back to 2017. You had Blake Bortles at the helm.
2: Run the ball and stop AFC, the run.
1: A F C Championship game. You, you had played. That's not what I sound like. You <laughs> you you sound like my wife trying to make fun of me because she always does this too. I don't sound like that. I am different. But, You're Adrian. <laughs> wow, man, Rocky. You go Rocky on me. That's is that I think disrespectful? That's a, no, I think that's a compliment. Dude, do, do, is that a compliment? Sound like Rocky? If, I don't think it is. If someone compared my voice to the Rocky or Rocky voice, I would take it as a Rocky Bowinkel for you, not Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Anyways, my point is, Brent is sometimes you need to play portals in a good defense to get to the AFC Championship game. Okay, maybe Washington's got that kind of defense. Maybe Chase Young takes another step forward. But I get it. Yes. And once again, I agree with you here. Yes, I would like a quarterback upgrade, but I think he's going to rely on the defense.
2: Well, he's got to have to. He doesn't have a quarterback. Okay. Well, don't. You're going to doubt Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yes. Okay. 39-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Well, would you have rather had Ryan Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith in Washington right now? Alex Smith. Are you Are you just saying this? Or are you oh. Okay. Okay. Hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an easy question for you? Yeah.
2: Okay. I disagree. Um, I, listen, Fitzpatrick's good for what he is, but I mean, Alex Smith, I think has a chance to be, I mean, after watching his, the health and stuff be okay, I think he's, yeah. I think he's better. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'd rather have him. I'd, I'd feel better about my football team if I had Alex Smith. Now I know, understand the dollars and was it worth it with the injuries mm-hmm. as I'm not giving them a hard time for letting go of Alex Smith. Uh, maybe they made it right to decision but in part at the time i thought they made that decision because they were going to maybe try to land a quarterback mm-hmm. in this carousel of quarterbacks that we had this year whether it was uh teams giving up on their guy mm-hmm. or even trading for like a jimmy garoppolo kind of situation if, if you wanted to try that uh or they were sitting at 19 patriots were at 15 chicago moved up from 20 to 11 to get their guy. I mean, why didn't Ron Rivera and Washington go get a guy? Maybe they just didn't value him very much, but it seems like an odd year not to go get a quarterback when you don't really have one. Yeah. I mean, Denver's done the same. I mean, they did we do end up going to get Teddy Bridgewater, and I probably feel better about Teddy Bridgewater in Denver than I do about Washington's quarterback situation. But do you feel like they're a big
1: Kyle Allen, like Ron Rivera's a big Kyle Allen guy, though, too? Because keep in mind, Kyle Allen came in for Cam Newton, Rivera's last year there. Yeah, and, like like They did. went with Kyle Allen. So maybe he buys into
2: him? Yeah, I, I he might. Yeah. He might listen. I think listen, Fitzpatrick's a solid, solid run game, though, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and you, you, you stop the run as well. Oof. Mm. Fitzpatrick's mm. fine enough to kind of hold over whatever. And I'm not saying if they got Mac Jones or Justin Fields that those guys would be able to deliver better than even a Fitzpatrick right now. Mm-hmm. But that's an odd view or an odd reasoning when you had opportunity most likely to make a move. And and maybe they tried, it just didn't fit. But If you had opportunity to move and go get a guy that you could now rely on and have for the next however five eight ten years, yeah, I I think Washington was one of those teams that were in play to do that and kind of just stood pat. They didn't do anything. Like I think that would be frustrating as a Washington football fan because I do feel good about my defense. Yeah. and So where's the window, right? correct I mean, how long does they're their young defense, so maybe it stays for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And Ron Rivera is a defensive guy and Jack's good, obviously, on the defensive coordinator position. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're going to be good for a long time at defense. But I would say when you're second best defense in the league, you're probably not going to stay there every single year. Mm-hmm. So there's a window of opportunity right now in a weak division, mm. to take a step. I think other teams in that division took a step. I think the Giants had a good draft. I think Dallas got their defense better, and they get Dak back. Philly's mm-hmm. um, not there, but I don't know if Washington did a whole lot that got me excited about taking a step from an under 500 playoff record. You know what Washington did? They run
1: the football, and they stopped the run. And I'm going to tell you right now, Brent, and Kuz, go to and make this a button if you want. You better hope that Washington doesn't go to the playoffs this year. And you better hope that Dallas does what we think Dallas is going to do and go because I'm going to be absolutely insufferable on this show if Washington pulls it out somehow and they win their division this year with running the football and stopping the run because that's all I will be breaking down. There will be no Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence hype. There will be the wall that says it all. Hey, let's go to Washington today and see how they run the football and stop the run. Just letting you know right now. <laughs> run the football, stop the run. Yep. Yeah, and repeat it until the cows come home, okay?
2: I'm trying to get my foot in the coaching door possibly.
1: No, not really. I don't want that. Uh
2: the Jaguars have an off season schedule out now, thanks to the NFL. <laughs> uh April nineteenth, which is long past us. To May 14th, no on the field work. That's they're in phase one currently. Yeah. May seventeenth to the twenty first, limited on field work. Okay. May twenty-fourth to june eighteenth. I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, people, I know. More on field work up to ten OTA. So basically okay, so let's get down the nitty-gritty of this. Phase three uh, May 24th, which is later this month, mm-hmm. into two and a half weeks into June, they can go up to 10 OTAs. Okay. Okay. So we have 10 OTAs and, we're and then a mandatory minicamp. I mean, m- most importantly for us, what can we go to and what can't we go to? Probably those, I would suspect, although I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't, we haven't been granted that yet. Now, I believe there's also a rookie minicamp I saw coming up 14th, 15th, 16th uh, of May, so okay. middle of this month. Okay. A uh, couple questions here. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, what's Trevor Lawrence and the offense going to get out of this? Uh, We don't know completely what he'll be able to do. I would assume he won't be. We saw him throw it a little bit with Jordan Palmer, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if they're going to ask him to do a whole heck of a lot uh, from a throwing. So how valuable is this stage to the offense and especially to the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence?
1: I think from Trevor Lawrence, probably not that much because... I feel like they're going to slowly bring him along. Like, I don't think you put Trevor Lawrence out there on the practice field unless both shoulders are 100%. I don't care if it's not, if it's his non-throwing shoulder or not. So maybe he goes in for like some handoffs and stuff like that, but I I don't see him being very active. And especially in these OTAs, like they're not the most active practices anyways. Um, you know, from ETN, obviously he gets acclimated a little bit, but to me, it's all about the mental part of it. it. It's the start of, uh, implementing your offense. Right? Because I don't care where you come from in college. I don't care how prestigious your university is. It's going to be different. This Urban Meyer offense is going to be different than what Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are accustomed to. Really, this whole team is accustomed to. So, this is really your first shot. And keep in mind, we're talking about a defense as well. Probably a new defensive scheme at a 3 4. So, you're going to have a lot of mental reps, a lot of mental install install that you guys got to get on the same page because, you know, depending how the training camp schedule works out, I think there's three preseason games this year. I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great and everything, but keep in mind, you've got a lot of free agents, a lot of guys who have never played together before. This is that first step of everybody getting on the same page and really just learning each other's names, I mean, from the get-go.
2: Yeah, I, I don't uh, – do you think they'll put uh, Trevor Lawrence in all red, not just a jersey, but all red? <laughs> I would. <laughs> red pants? <laughs> red pants, red spikes. Red pants, red everything. <laughs> um <laughs> That they red they might. They might. Yeah, they well red might. helmet? I no. would. Hey, are they called the NFT? That'd be one hell of an NF- NFT. Is that what it's called? I am yeah, telling you got yeah, it, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd, that'd be one heck of one you're right hip, there, right? You're, you're young. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Adidas just put one out, by the way, right? They got one going yeah. right now with Trevor Lawrence. But no. if you put them in all red, yeah. that's a good NFT opportunity for the Jags. Now, the, the,
1: that's an awesome theory. Now, the more likely question is, do you think that you get through the gates for the first practice to the media? Because is Trevor Lawrence going to say something said, no, this guy's been to my hometown. He's <laughs> talked to my mayor. He was in the parking lot i saw him i was trying to i was trying to go 100 for i was trying to go 50 for 50 in my throws i saw brent martin in the parking lot distracting me and i missed one ball over uh, i sailed it over the guy's head do you think you maybe get escorted out and saying that today nah, me? i mean okay good. we're already on a good note good? i mean i already
2: started up uh, well, th- the career off because the kids well. were there because the kids were there yeah. he, he, he wasn't gonna throw you out over the kids came on live with me did he really yeah it was live at noon on cbs 47 trevor lawrence brent martin no. What do you mean? Oh, well, yeah, well, when you interviewed him, yeah, right? Yeah, the stadium. Yeah, and for the kids. Yeah, so what? Well, he's got a. He's. I mean, come on, it's the brand. He's not going to get after you for the kids. At least I didn't ask him if I. I, I wanted to catch his first NFL <laughs> pass. <laughs> that guy got eviscerated, as he should have. I didn't know who that guy was, and I
1: apologize. You know, it's all good fun, <laughs> but um, you, re, okay, real talk, because you're in the business. Was that staged? The question? The the, the question that guy asked him,
2: kind yeah, of. Course. It was staged. You think so? Oh, well, do you mean like that Trevor thought yeah. it was? No, 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 no. no, no. I, I think mean... he sincerely asked. But... Okay, but it wasn't staged. No. Okay. Like, so I don't think was just Trevor, you say in stage, like, Trevor knew it was coming. Yes. No, I don't think so. Really? Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Huh. No, I think it was just, re- so listen, that in our just... business, people want reporters and everybody. And, and and by the way, that's probably not even his fault. It was probably some producer that said, hey, Seafo, folks see folks go, sure. go catch his first pass. Sure, sure. That was probably what it was. And they are like, we want a TV moment right here. Okay, what? okay. You know how excited they get hey, down there for I'm that just... stuff? That TV moment, here it is. What, and then, what, was, the, what was, boom, was the guy's name for that? Shot.
1: What was that guy's name, by the way?
2: Uh, Sorry, I don't Okay, Palmer.
1: I'm just saying, if you were to pull the Palmer and ask Trevor Lawrence your first interview if you can catch the first pass and he does that to you, I'm going to have a hard time coming into
2: work the next (laughs) day.
1: All right? I'm going to distance myself from you as much as possible because I would be so embarrassed for you.
2: Just saying. Hey, uh, I talked to somebody yesterday about what's going on inside the building at Jags headquarters. It's very interesting. I'll share some of it with you next. Action Sports X on ESPN 690. Yeah, honestly, just felt like we got behind early. After the milk spill and the marker on the wall, we just felt like we were playing catch-up the rest of the day.
0: Right before you went to the store, you called a timeout. Was there an attitude change after that?
2: Yeah, it felt like we were losing our heads
0: there for a minute, so we wanted to just calm things down and uh, get back to the basics. Did you ever find your keys? No, no, no idea where they are. You gave them a snack half hour before dinner. Was that planned?
2: No, lost track of time. Three bites of dinner. That's on me. (laughs) That's pretty funny. That was a little TikTok video, KuzFaum. Yeah, it's on, on Twitter, like, though. In uh, dad being interviewed, basically like it's at a news conference, but it's about being a dad. Yep. We can all relate. You better believe well, it. not all of us, Goose, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Have you, did you have some moments as a dad that you wouldn't want to share? That you don't have to oh, share, man. But I'm just saying, like... <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, what? way to phrase it. Um,
1: oh, of course, man. Yeah, we. I mean, every dad's been there, feeling overwhelmed feeling like you don't want to do the press conference, feel like your wife's going to give you the pink slip and say, hey, coach wants to see you, bring your playbook, all that stuff. Um, Of course I've been there. But, you know, in the Lane household, we're super competitive. And if we're keeping score, which I do, um, my son's been to the hospital twice with my wife watching him, and you know how many times he's been to the hospital with me? Zero. So I'm winning that conversation, and I'm winning
2: that battle. That is a pretty good battle. You better believe it. That's,
1: that's what we do in the land household, and I, I thought, and I let my wife know about it all the time.
2: I go back. There were two instances when I because I watched kids a lot in the first like two years. Cause <laughs> Steph was teaching, and my schedule was I'd go in in the early afternoon, so before we dropped them off to a uh, like a babysitter for an hour in between the, the little gap there, and so I had. Uh, there were two moments. There was one like Kaylee totally fell off the high chair. <laughs> totally, I, I mean, just. Uh, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. You know, just kind of climbed out of that thing and yeah. flipped over that thing. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we had, like, linoleum or vinyl or whatever it is, <laughs> flooring. Sure. And not, like, ceramic tile. Okay. So that was good. Uh, <laughs> no hospital like visit. She was fine. Okay. Um, and Then the other time is – I tell us one all the time. It's kind of hard to explain. But, you know, like, the, the corner – say, like, in a kitchen and then your hallway, right? Yeah. But, you know, the corner of the the wall, where the wall comes – it's kind of sharp. Yeah, like yeah, one, yeah, right, yeah, right here. But if it was the a edge. sharp edge, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kaylee and Ty are like just learning to walk. Mm-hmm. Now oh, the twins, I got to remind you, yeah. but they're just learning to walk, and so they can get up on their own. Well, Kaylee goes and gives from behind, gives Ty a like a hug, like puts her arms around him. Yeah. Oh. And she just, boom, pushes Ty right into the corner of the, the wall there. Yeah. Like right where the corner meets. Whew. And all of a sudden, a tie on one. his head, forehead. He's got this just golf ball looking thing, oh. and you can see the line.
1: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, out, man. I was like, "What just happened here?" I like, should I call the doctors? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Call my mom. My mom's like three hours away." But I'm like, "What should I do?" Yep. And call the doctor. Eh, just don't let him go to sleep right yet or anything <laughs> like that, and see if you put some ice on it. No, for see sure. See if it goes down. So I avoided the hot, I don't know if I should have gone, but yeah. if we avoided that, just end up being a big knot on his head. But that one was uh, – those were the two scary times. Truth be told – That I'm, I know about. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure.
1: Like Truth be told, I'm more stressed about my dog than my like, – raising a, a baby uh, when it was my son because, like, dogs can't have gra- – like, dogs can't eat, like, a bunch of things. Like, you have to make sure they don't eat grapes. True. They can't eat chocolate, all this stuff. If my son gets into some grapes and chocolate when he was two – Eh, it is what it is. It's you okay. need to get a little hyper. Yeah. You're all good to go, man. So dogs, So
2: yeah, exactly. So dogs stress <laughs> me out more than me. My baby did. I that would to me too. It's one of the reasons I don't have yeah. a dog. and never have. I'd be just it's, bad. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I'd be a bad dog owner. I know. It's
1: like we have in grapes regard. in our house. I'm like why are grapes even in the house? Because like heaven forbid my son goes in there and one of them falls out on the floor and then my dog eats. It. He's a smaller one. He's a French bulldog. And now we're talking sickness. Yeah. Like That's I don't a want good question, that. Right. Like dogs yeah. are great. Get the grapes out, out of house.
2: Being a dog owner or being a
1: parent. Well, dog owners would tell you being a dog owner because the they we dog owners ought to the pet themselves in the back. Yeah, okay, yeah. This is this is my little one right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, in terms of expenses and everything, it's probably say, it's dog owner. depending, depending. It can it can add up after a while. There is dog insurance now, by the way. Our is company it really? offers. Yeah, I opted No.
2: <laughs> hopefully, I don't. hope don't. Hey, <laughs> knock on some wood. I don't. <laughs> I I don't have, read. To yeah. have to opt in. Yeah. All right. Hey, real quick, I, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday. Been in the Jags building, and I've been in the building in prior years noticeable change just being in the building sure like in the guts of the building sure and other noticeable thing is and we talked about this a little bit is a participation yeah. told you I went in the building a couple of weeks ago and i was even surprised there were people there because it was a virtual co- time frame it was voluntary all the other teams around the league are saying yeah we're not even going to show up we're not going we're going to opt out as a team mm-hmm. some people said some would show well the jags have I mean, what's on their roster now? Close to this was even before the draft. So, seventy plus players. Mm -hmm. They have like over sixty players, from what I hear, there. Yeah. By far, the most participation. Yep. That's what you do in the NFL. Yeah. What does it say? About I mean, Urban Meyer and yeah. what the kind of already how people can feel the difference, just the way they do things, the interaction. all these. Somebody, by the way, said there is like a basketball hoop and cornhole out there, too. So it's yeah. not like it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, so what does that say when somebody says that to me? Is that Urban's first impression, a good one? Urban already making an impact with the players, people it, buying in early on? What is it? See, no, it, it is. But it's also
1: it's the sign of there's a new regime in town. Um, because I went through the same thing in Chicago when John Fox came on board with his whole staff, you know everything got turned around. And I remember, like, you know, at the time I was like, "Well, I'm gonna make the team or not." It was never a foregone conclusion, and a lot of guys in the locker room felt that way. But when John Fox came in, was the spring workouts were the mandatory? Absolutely not. But you felt like you had to be in there to make that good first impression. So, like for me personally, I remember there's I was in Jacksonville. I was going to this this festival called Welcome to Rockville. It was a big one. Well, I had tickets and everything. I had my plane ticket. I'm like, I'm not going to go, man, because I, I got to stay here so John Fox can see me work, you know, sees me working yeah, yeah. for some mediocre workouts by the way like, it was it was nothing yeah, like, yeah. I got in the squat rack in myself oh I hope John Fox saw that yeah that right, he camera he, here yeah, keep me in mind right and then two <laughs> weeks later I get caught so <laughs> then so, what it, it is what it is but no that's exactly what it is man it's all about you know making that good first impression even though it's not mandatory if you're trying to make this roster and you're trying to get them, the coaches good graces It is mandatory. I think
2: partly the reason Irv Meyer was brought here was to shake this organization up, and if you can feel that immediately as you walk in and just in a couple of days, or if you hadn't even been in there a while and you can feel it and sense it by being in there in a few hours, I think that's a nice start. Like, I don't know what it means, what it will lead to, but it's better than the alternative. Sure. Same old, same old, or even worse. I mean, there's a lot of buy-in right here in Jacksonville. That's not the case across the NFL with a lot of buildings. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but... I'm just telling you what I've heard, and I think that's a heck of a start for Urban Meyer. And he, by the way, last week with us when he was live on our draft special, he he stopped and said, hey, these guys are doing everything I, I want them to do. Again, all about the player, all applauding the player, mm-hmm. praising the player. Uh, Shad Khan, in my sit-down interview last week, I asked him about the courtship of Urban Meyer. We didn't get to that part last week. I wanted to hold it to this week. You'll hear a little bit about it uh, coming up at Football at 5 next on ESPN night.